Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast to help us weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to spend with me today. This marks episode eight of season one of Weathering the Storm, and I thank you so much for your encouragement, for all of you who have subscribed and have listened and given me such positive feedback. I truly hope that these are beneficial. I hope that they are helping you in some way to weather and overcome the difficulties that you are facing in your everyday walk. And I am very, very thankful for the opportunity uh, to open up the Word of God and to study and to do so with you. Today we want to discuss the reality of inadequacy as it is a storm we face in this life. I want to begin by defining terms as we always try, uh, strive to do. Inadequacy. It's defined as the state or quality of feeling that you are not good enough. It is the inability to deal with a situation in life. I don't know about you, but I can go back in my mind to many, many times when I felt extremely inadequate. I know that every time I stand in the pulpit and I go to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ and I do so among the brethren, I feel inadequate. And that's something that I've struggled with uh, in the short time that I've been preaching, which will be two years in June, Lord willing. And I just, I know that it's not about me, but at the same time, I want to do my best in presenting the truth in a way that is pleasing to God, in a way that everyone can understand. And that is a very tall task. It's a very uh, challenging thing to do. And so I know from, uh, from experience what it means to feel inadequate. But even prior to preaching, I go back to when I was 13 years old playing baseball. And I played for the Dream Team. We played a, a team that we had put together in Bartow County, which is a county in northwest Georgia. And we had a great, a great team, a great group of guys, great coaches, great parents uh, who took us to practices and helped us along the way. We had such a good team that uh, we went to the World Series held in South Haven, Mississippi, and we won the whole thing. We went undefeated. But I remember the very first game of that World Series, I looked at the lineup card. As every young player does, you can't wait to see where you're playing, or where you're hitting in the lineup. And I looked, and I was dead last in the lineup. And for the first time in my life, or the first time I could remember, I wasn't batting in the top five. Here I am batting in, in ninth place, dead last, and I'm wondering, am I any good? Should I even be here? I just remember feeling so small. But then one of my coaches came up to me and said, don't think about it as hitting in the nine hole. Think about it as hitting double leadoff. I never thought about that before. He said, if you get on, you're like a leadoff guy. And then when our leadoff guy comes up, you're already on base. We have a good chance of scoring runs. But there was also the benefit of hitting ninth because pitchers thought, oh, well, this guy's no good. He's batting nine. So they threw me fastballs right down the middle. And that World Series was one of the best series that I had offensively as I got a lot of good pitches to hit. I say that to say this. Regardless of of what age you are, regardless of what you've been through, I can almost guarantee that you as a listener have felt inadequate at one point in your life. It may be in the classroom. It might have been on the ball field. It it might be that you're listening as a gospel preacher, and you know what I'm talking about when when you stand before an audience and you uh, preach the gospel. It may be that you're a school teacher or a teacher in the church and 
whatever the case may be, that feeling of inadequacy, feeling that I'm just not good enough to do this, has come upon us at one point. And if it hasn't, I can almost assure you that it will at some point. And so as we think about weathering the storm of inadequacy, can we look to the Bible? Can we find a biblical example of one who had to weather this storm? And the answer is yes. In fact, we look to the example of Moses. We know that Moses was one of the great leaders that we find in the Bible. Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. He's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. He was there on the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17, 1 through 5. Moses is one who we think about as uh, the one who wrote the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Here's a man who was inspired of God, a man who was a great leader for God's people, and yet he struggled with inadequacy. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4, this will serve as our text for today. And as we go to this text and we examine how Moses felt inadequate, the goal is to look at it and make the application to our lives to see if we can apply some of these things that we may weather the storm of inadequacy that we face. In Exodus chapter 3, just to kind of lay the foundation for our study, God revealed himself to Moses, of course, in the form of a burning bush. And he kept reiterating to Moses, tell them I am sent you. He wanted to establish his glory so Moses would be awestruck and he would respond in the way he ought to. So when you get to chapter 4, Moses answered the Lord and he said, Suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. And so right off the bat, we see Moses struggling with feelings of inadequacy. Notice where the focus is. They will not believe me. They will not listen to my voice. And so in verses 2 through 8, 2 through 10, or 9 rather, Verses 2 through 9, we have God revealing miraculous signs uh, that Moses would know. This would confirm the word, which was the purpose of miracles, Mark 16, 20. The age of miracles has ceased, uh, but they did serve a great purpose uh, when they were uh, active. So in Exodus 4, verses 2 through 10, we have these three signs. We have God telling Moses to take the rod that's in his hand, throw it on the ground, and it became a serpent. He then told him to pick it up by the tail it became a rod again. Then he told them to put, or told Moses to put his hand in his bosom. And so he did, and his hand was leprous like snow. He said, put it out again, and he did, and it was restored like his other flesh. And God kept revealing to him, if they do not believe you, if they don't heed the message of the first sign, they will believe the message of the latter sign. In other words, I'm going to continue to confirm the word. I'm going to continue to show miracles, and they're not going to have a choice. They will believe. They're going to know. They're going to see it. They're going to be faced with this dilemma of what to do. And so God will continue to reveal this to Moses. Finally, in verses 9 and 10, he said, If they don't believe these two signs or listen to your voice, take water from the river, pour it on the dry land. The water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land. And so these powerful miracles uh, would be set forth in front of the people that they would know that God had sent Moses and that God was serious. But I want you to think about what Moses said and focus with me on verses 10 and 13. Verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Notice those three statements that Moses made. I'm not eloquent. I'm slow of speech. 
I am slow of tongue. Have you ever made that statement? I'm just not good enough to do this. I can't speak to someone. As a Christian, you might have said, well, I can't go and teach someone the gospel. I'm not eloquent. I'm slow of speech. I'm slow of tongue. How did God respond to that statement? Verse 11, So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes the mute, the deaf, the sing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. God says, Moses, I know your ability. I understand that. But don't you forget that I'm the one that made your mouth. I'm the one that made you. I know exactly what you're able to do. And so even though Moses felt inadequate, God saw in him ability. God saw in him an opportunity to serve and to lead and to be the man that that God wanted him to be. But notice verse 13. After all this is said, Moses is still struggling. He said, Oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. In other words, I'm just not good enough. I'm inadequate to do your will. We continue reading in the book of Exodus, and we go to even the book of Numbers, the book of Deuteronomy, and Hebrews 11, and we see that Moses was able to overcome this. How did Moses overcome it? He did so by trusting in God, taking the focus off of himself and putting it to God. One of my favorite verses in the Old Testament is Exodus 14, 14. Moses said, Be still and see the salvation of the Lord. In other words, you're trying to do this on your own. You're trying to figure this out. Just trust in God and do what He says to do, knowing that He's the one with the power. And so that's the lesson for us today. When we feel inadequate and we feel powerless and we feel like we're not able to do what the Lord has said to do, we need to trust in Him and obey Him because He knows exactly what we're capable of. And so as we bring our thoughts to a close today, I want to suggest four things, four thoughts that will help us weather the storm of inadequacy. Number one, know that you are unique. You are uniquely you, and that is very special. You are made in the image of God. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Think about that. You are made in the image of God. You are important. You are a special person. You have a unique identity. You are uniquely you. You have a unique set of skills that no one else has. Sure, there might be similarities, but you are important. You are valuable in the eyes of God. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, To know that you are unique. One of the favorite illustrations I've ever heard, I believe it was Brother Wade Webster that said this. Maybe it was someone else, but talked about the coin that you read about in the New Testament. You remember it said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, render to God the things that are God. Jesus asked them to look at that image. Whose image is on the coin? Well, you look at your life. Whose image is on your life? It's God. You are made in the image of God. And so when you start to feel inadequate, like you're just not good enough, know that you are unique and you're made in the image of God. Here's a second thought. Not only must you know that you are unique, but that you are useful to God. God could use Moses, couldn't he? He used Moses' background. He used his education, his training. And he did so uh, to, to the glory of God. We read that in Acts chapter 7 as well as Hebrews chapter 11 that Moses was trained in all the ways of the Egyptians. So what was God doing those 40 years when Moses was in Egypt? He was preparing him, wasn't he? 
sometimes we go through difficulties in life. We go through these things or these these periods of trials or we might not look at them as training, but that's what they are. Use that as preparation time, time to get your mind right, time to focus on how can I use the negative things that have happened to me, the positive things that have happened to me, and turn them into something that I can glorify God with. So knowing that you are useful to God will help you weather the storm of inadequacy. Here's a third thought. Know that not only are you unique and useful to God, but you are understood by God. Psalm 103.14 is one of my favorite passages in the Psalms. It says that God remembers our frame. He knows that we are dust. That's a humbling verse to say, at the end of the day, we're dust. We, our life is but a vapor, as James says in James chapter 4. But in Psalm 103.14, we find that amazing passage. God remembers our frame. He knows that we are dust. He understands us. You think about Jesus, the Word who took on flesh, John 1, 1 through 3, as well as John 1, 14. He understands us, doesn't He? He understands what it's like to struggle as a human being, to be tired, to be hungry, to be thirsty, to be hated, to be mocked. Jesus knows what it's like, and He's uniquely qualified to serve as our great high priest. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. Was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. He was made like unto his brethren. He came to experience it. So we can't use that excuse. Lord, you don't know what I'm going through. Yes, he does. Think about what Jesus went through in the flesh so he could be uniquely qualified to help us, to sympathize with us. And that is a true blessing that we have. And so how can we weather the storm of inadequacy? Know that you are unique. Know that you are useful to God. Know that you are understood by God. But then fourth and finally, know that you are unequivocally loved by God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 I want you to take that word world and put your name there because that rings true as well. For God so loved you that He sent His only begotten Son to die for you. Jesus tasted death for every man, Hebrews 2.9. Put your name there. Jesus tasted death for you. Love one another, for love is of God. He who loves is known of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this was the love of God manifested, and that He sent His only begotten Son to be the propitiation for our sins. 1 John 4, 7-10 You want to see how much God loves you? Look to the cross. You are unequivocally loved by God. And then we find this amazing passage in Romans 8, and verse 37, that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Dear friend, you may be listening today and thinking, I'm nobody. I'm worthless. I'm inadequate. I can't be of service in the kingdom of God. I, I can't help anyone else. I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. Know this. You are valuable in the sight of God. Don't allow your weakness and your insecurities to stop you from using the abilities and opportunities you do have to serve the Lord. He knows who you are. 
He knows your unique skill set. He knows what you're able to do. And so we need to do it. Don't focus on your inability and your inadequacy, but focus on the greatness of God and doing all that you can to glorify Him in this life. God expects us to use what He has given to us for His glory. And so instead of feeling inadequate, feel loved, feel appreciated, because God has gone to great lengths to make sure you know that. Know that you are unique. Know that you are useful. Know that you are understood. Know that you are unequivocally loved. I hope that this episode will help you in some way to weather the storm of inadequacy. May we all strive to do those things that we can to bring glory and honor to God and take the focus off of us and put it on Him. Thank you so much, and may God bless you.